Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh, browning, brunning, bruning. Pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag. Hey, you weren't the guy that was there when I left. I'm so confused. It's like magic. You appeared. Dennis doesn't know you appeared. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, so we are back. It is Friday. Week one is a Officially kicked off with a very good game, I thought, last night between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. We will discuss that game, kind of recap it, give you guys what we thought on that, specifically Cam Akers. And then we will preview all of week one. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing after getting that first game in the books? Mm, pumping straight into my veins. I can't hardly wait. It was awesome. Um, you know... It was sad to see uh, Matt Stafford throw three interceptions, but, you know, the Bills have a good defense. I, I thought the Rams would play better. I thought the Rams' defense would play better. I had picked the Rams, so, oh, well. What are you going to do? Yeah, if you had Matt Stafford being the first uh, Scott Fishbowl quarterback to score negative points on your bingo card, congratulations. But I think the bigger question is, how are you doing after suffering a uh, being below 500 for the first time in your Rams coaching career? You no, know, it was a tough, tough game. We went out there. We tried really hard. It's actually funny that you say that. Um, I was taking my kids after school. Uh, Fridays, we always go and we get milkshakes and everything. I kid you not. So I go, we're at this little place uh, getting milkshakes. This dude just walks up. He's like, are you really the coach of the Rams? And I was like, oh, no, thank you. I get that a lot. He's like, I swear to God, you guys look exactly like I've got the Rams shirt on today. So it was just is funny. It, it drives my wife crazy whenever I get that compliment. Again, great compliment for me. Sean McVay, I'm sure, hates it. it you know. When I had long hair, I used to occasionally get asked if I was meatloaf. You know, that's not a bad thing either, though. I mean, it really isn't. All right, so let's talk about that game, though, last night. The Bills win 31-210. You know, uh, Dennis mentioned he picked the Rams. Uh, I believe Matt did as well. I had picked the Bills, but I did not expect it to be this. I think the Bills could have won, like, 50-something to, to 10. Like, it, it, I do not think if it was not for James Cook, Isaiah McKenzie, and Zach Moss. Yeah, I mean, not even that. I mean, Josh Allen throws. So I think really one interception. The other That's one was what I said, Isaiah off, McKenzie. Yeah. Off my Isaiah McKenzie's hands. I mean, this was the Bills offense did not skip a beat. So I want to start there. I mean, well, I said they didn't miss a beat. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, that defense didn't miss a beat. As Matt just mentioned, though, James Cook, 
Zach Moss, both of them fumble. Isaiah McKenzie, ball hits off his hand, still gets a touchdown, though. What are we looking at right now? Again, we don't want to overreact. One weekend, though, not a great start for the fantasy value of, of James Cook and Zach Moss, Dennis? I think it was an outstanding start uh, for fantasy value for Zach Moss. I mean, the guy had six six targets, six receptions. Um, yeah, he fumbled, but he led the team in running back touches. Uh, it was, in my eyes, I, it's like Moss is kind of a different player. They see him differently. They're going to give him different opportunities unless the only reason you think that that happened was because Cook fumbled. And I don't think that that's the reason. I think that uh, Moss is getting his opportunities because he earned it. I don't think he's going to get enough touches to be much more than a a low-end flex. But if he keeps going like he is, I mean, he's headed towards, you know, if if he's getting four targets a game and four to five carries a game, I I think then the opportunity for some – some flex worthy appeal is there. I feel like as much as cook brings to the table in the way of explosiveness, he's going to get some opportunities, but I think, I feel like he's really the replacement for Devin Singletary next year. And so they're going to give him opportunities, but he's going to have to earn them, especially after, you know, putting it on the ground with his first touch yesterday. You know, it's probably a bigger blow for him, you know, fumbling on. It didn't look like he was going to get that many uh, touches. I, I had said before, if you watch their player rotations, it appeared that Moss had worked his way back to being kind of the clear number two. Um, and I thought he looked really good when he came in up until that fumble, which was unfortunate and was late in the game. It will be interesting to see if that makes an impact uh, going forward. But I'm with you. I think a lot of people wanted to think that Cook was going to be a viable week-to-week play coming out of the gate. Not so fast. I mean, I, to me, one of the surprises was the the use of the, both slot guys. Um, you know, McKenzie had, what, four, three targets. Uh, Crowder had four targets. Both of them were catching the ball fine, and – Buffalo's running a lot of three wide receiver sets and four wide receiver sets. The hard, the hardest part for me was that, you know, so many fantasy people, myself included, were like, hey, Dawson Knox is the guy you want to get as your, your breakout tight end. And, you know, it was breakdown tight end. He was very Mike Gusecki-like. Yeah, I mean, it was only one game, though. I think the biggest thing that's going to hurt him is that they sent, what was it? Was it nine targets to Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder? So that that doesn't help. Seven. And then obviously, I mean, Gabriel Davis was pretty good last night. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that hurts Knox. Like, as great as a player that Emmanuel Sanders was for a very long time, and even they had Cole Beasley last year as well, who kind of demanded a, a decent amount of targets in that Bills offense because of how productive he was. Both those guys were injured, not doing a lot for the Bills. I think that's where Knox stepped up. You know, I've, I talked about it all offseason. I think that's what Gabriel Davis is going to do. It's why I was higher on him than I was on Knox. against only one game things could change i don't remember knox really starting off the first couple games really hot as he started getting hotter as the season went on he did deal obviously with that unfortunate you know family 
um, the the death in his family. So maybe, you know, he's still dealing with that a little bit. I'm, I'm not too worried about him right now after one week, but obviously two targets is not encouraging. Ramps time? We yeah. want to talk about the Rams? All right. Rams. I feel like you should have been panicked on Cam Akers the minute he came into the NFL, but say la vie. Matt, are you worried about him now with the fact that Hendo, I mean, they just actually, I just saw a report, I can't remember who it was, Sarah Cook, I think, was the one who put it out, that Sean McVay, like literally 10 minutes ago, just came out and said that Cam Akers needs to be more productive with his opportunities. Like, I feel like, again, I, I feel like they've been telling us this the entire time. I mean, they've gone out, they've brought in other backs. He's been Sean McVay. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, Kyron Williams got hurt last night on kick on kick return, but he was hyping him up for the past two weeks as well. Like, I don't know if it's the Achilles. If you really go back and look at it, like, has Marlon? We we continue to pump up Marlon Mack and Donta Foreman as these guys who came back from Achilles injuries and were productive. Like, I'll give you Donta Foreman, but it took a few years. Yeah, has Marlon Mack really been that productive? I mean, he just got cut again and was put on a practice squad. Like, Cam Akers came back five or whatever it was, eight months after Achilles injury. Like, maybe he's not back. Maybe he did lose a step, and, and everybody just discounted that because he came back so quickly and had one good game. Like, Henderson and He didn't even better. actually – I was going to say, if you – he had a lot of – carries and he was heavily involved but during the playoffs Henderson was injured so you don't know what it would have been if they were both available they liked Cam Akers more than Sony Michelle who they also let go during the offseason but if you look even in I thought about that too but even if you look at that game against Arizona the Rams pounded Arizona Cam Akers production his yards per carry his yards per reception was not impressive. What seemed impressive to all of us was the volume that he was getting that close off of returning the injury. So maybe he's not doing that well. And I saw a couple of clips on Twitter too of last night of when he was in the game missing crucial blocks and letting Stafford get lit up, uh, which is going to be another thing that would keep you on the sideline. Yeah, it's – you know, Aker's issue was always his vision. And he made up for some of that with just being a really, really good athlete. And when you take away the athleticism, then the vision will start to stand out even more. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's going to be a lost year for him. Does that mean he won't have a better year next year? I, I think you know, the jury is still out, but if he comes back and has, you know, an 800 yard season next year, he'll be considered the first running back to come back from an Achilles. I mean, it's still the death knell. It's not, it, it's got a long way to go in the recovery process for running backs to, to become what an ACL is now. An ACL now, you tear it, they fix it, you're good to go once you get past the mental hurdles and the healing happens. The the Achilles just isn't there. And it's – I know that wide receiver and running back are markedly different positions, but they're playing the same sport and doing a lot of the same things, the cuts and whatnot. But for 
wide receivers to come back and be successful and running backs to not, it just baffles me. And I can't, I haven't looked hard at it, but I just can't put my head around why wide receivers are able to recover from it and and running backs aren't. I mean, the biggest thing I think is it's probably the burst. I don't think wide receivers need as much and you can still work your way, I think, through routes and just become a more nuanced route runner. All you have to do is create a little bit of separation. As long as you've got good hands and you catch the ball, you're going to be good. Like running backs, once they see that hole, they have to have that burst to get through. And if they don't, they're not going to do anything for you. I mean, you mentioned his vision. I mean, he was my fourth back. I think I or I think I had him just ahead of CEH. He may have been my, my fifth. I don't remember. I think I might have CEH ahead of him. We vaulted him up, much like people vaulted CEH up because of the offense he landed on. I, just, I did not think he was that great of a running back. And, and now not using the the injury, I think, definitely has has made that unfortunately worse for him. But I, I just – I don't I, – I mean, you can't move him because you're not going to get anything for him. But I, I just – I would not want to have any shares of Cam Akers if I didn't have to at this point. All right. Let's talk about week – what? What's fortunately, up? I don't. I don't either. I I've, I don't know. I've just never. It's just one of those guys I was never really high on, so I never really had any shares of them. Start with the New Orleans Saints going into Atlanta. Matt, what do we expect from this new look Saints passing game? Hopefully, it'll be a little more uh, up tempo. Uh, New Orleans started off okay last year, um, but they struggled with the dearth of weapons. Michael Thomas, it's not great that he's already dealing with some kinds of injury, but hopefully he plays. I'm most excited about the Olave pick. Yeah. He seems to be perpetually questionable since his record's heading season. Then Olave is in there, Jarvis Landry. At least they have some options. I like the mix of players that they have a lot better there. I think we've seen Jameis Winston be successful when he has good weapons. And ultimately, last year they opened – against Green Bay, a formidable team. This year, they open against Atlanta, which I think many of us think might be the number one pick this year. So I'm I'm hoping to see some good things out there. Yeah. You know, the, the Thomas news could be much ado about nothing. Just, you know, they have to – because he's been – taking it easy because of the, the nagging injury, they have to list it. But then it also could be like something that's going to hold him back. If that's the case, you know, I think that really bodes well for Jarvis Landry because while they aren't exactly the same type of receiver, you know, Thomas worked a lot in the short area. He did it a little differently because he had the the size. But that's Landry's forte too, that under 10 yards, the the slants, the outs. Um but the guy I would keep my eye on if it ends up that uh, uh, Thomas misses some time, I'd keep my eye on Deontay Hardy because he's flashed a little bit. And if he can step into that, I know they have Marquez Callaway as his direct backup, but Hardy is just so explosive and seems to produce when he gets in. But I don't know. I, I want to go. I want to be back in on, on Michael Thomas. Maybe it's my Ohio State fandom. 
Maybe it's because the dude caught 150 passes one year, and we've seen what he can do. But I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm out. Um, I'm only I'm only starting Jarvis Landry this week. I, I I do think that Thomas does have a chance to bounce back, but I would imagine at this point, I mean, we're two years removed from him really doing anything for you. I would imagine you've got better options at this point. I would per- personally would rather start somebody else until he shows it. No doubt that he could, but I feel like I would have to be very desperate right now to play him because you just don't know what you're getting. I mean, it's very it's not often we see players come back two years removed completely different team, completely different quarterback, and then just go out there and ball out. So Landry, I think, will get peppered with targets. Obviously, you're starting Kamara. So those are the only guys I'm looking at from the Saints side. On Atlanta here, Drake London looks like he's going to be back and healthy. We already know you're starting Kyle Pitts. Is it really just, you know, Matt, Drake London, any, any love for Tyler Algier? Like, is that it? Is it just Kyle Pitts? I don't think Algiers is in the mix right now. They have already talked about Damian Williams. Um, so give it game and a half until he knocks himself out, I'm sure. But Cordero Patterson, I would I would probably play because we've seen his utility. He's especially valuable when the Falcons are behind, and I wager they're going to be behind. But I'm excited to see Drake London. I'm a little more cautious. I would like him as a flex. I don't think he finishes top 24. Yeah, to me, I, I think if – Outside of Pitts, if I'm going to put one Falcon into my lineup, it's going to be Cordero Patterson because he does have that versatility and that utility. I agree with Matt. Algier, he's got to work his way up. He's going to have to show that Damian Williams, uh, there's a reason he's only had one season over 100 carries in his eight- or nine-year career. Um but I, I, I like what Algier brings to the table. I just think right now he's in the kitchen gathering up the goods to set the table. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I, I would not even play Drake London in this one. New Orleans typically has a decent secondary. I think it's just Kyle Pitts. And, and I'm very interested to see who ends up lining up against him. I'm taking the Saints in this matchup. What about you guys? Saints for me. Clean sweep. I'm taking the Saints. The San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears. Uh, always, in my opinion, going to be an intriguing matchup in the fact that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch passed on Justin Fields to take Trey Lance. Dennis, the Lance era begins. Are we buying in? You know, what? what's the cost? Like, am I buying him as a top 12? No. Uh, I think he can be this week. I think... You know, he's had a year plus to get comfortable in the offense for Shanahan to build out the things that Lance does well. Now, it is going to hurt him that George Kittle is likely not going to play. Ross Dwelly will be be in there. And while a serviceable tight end, he's not George Kittle. So to me, it comes down to uh, Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And if... If they need a biggish passing play made, somebody with size, I think Juwan Jennings is going to be the guy that does that. But you're only starting him in the deepest of leagues, like private dicks, where you've got 11 11 starters uh, on offense, and it's a 16-team league. So you've got three wide receivers and like four flexes. So in those deep leagues is where you're taking dart throws like Juwan Jennings. Um, 
but I think they're going to ride Elijah Mitchell and they're going to let Jeff. Ayuk in the, uh, in the passing game. I don't think I'm expecting like any wide receiver to break a hundred yards receiving. Uh, I think it's, you know, it looks like it's shaping up to be, you know, a 200 yard passing game at best for Trey Lance. But he could get a touchdown or two, a couple hundred yards passing, 60 or 70 yards rushing, and then let Elijah Mitchell and, and the, the rest of the team kind of do what they do, which is run that Shanahan offense. Yeah, George Kittle tore his groin to avoid playing with Trey Lance. I think that that tells me all that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he played. He started two games last year. He was QB 20 in one, QB 10 in the other. I'm at QB 15. I think he'll be a solid QB two. Taking the under on that. I think he's closer to QB 12, but I, I'm, I'm all in on Lance. I, I don't think that Bears defense is going to be good. I actually think this might be a sneaky good game in Lance and Fields just dueling it out. Uh, really quick, Quincy Marino asked, I just traded Devontae Adams and Darren Waller for Jamar Chase and Mark Andrews. What do you think? Did I win the trade? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think personally in my ranks you gave up the best player in Devonte adams i have him slightly ahead of jamar chase but if you're going obviously dynasty with age jamar chase has got a lot longer left in the league more than likely than Devonte adams and mark andrews is in in my opinion heads above darren waller so yeah i would say you won that trade yeah i think i think it may not pay off as big as he wants this year you, you know there's a a lot of talk matt you you talk a lot about the reason Andrews produced like he did last year, you know, his outlier uh, target season, uh, outlier catch season, and he's going to, you know, drop back down. So I could see him and Waller being fairly even in past results. In Dynasty, yeah, you want Chase in Dynasty. This year, though, uh, I could see the, the Waller-Adams side paying off a little better. Yeah, but anyways, back to the 49ers. I'm I'm in on Lance. I just it, it may it may be too much belief in Kyle Shanahan too, but he's made, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's had high-end fantasy games with lesser options. I mean, the Kittle thing hurts, but Kittle, I hate to say cuz I love George Kittle, the dude's barely available nowadays. So, I don't even know if it's that big of a deal. I don't even know if he really played that much in those games that Trey Lance started. They, they've got Debo, they've got Ayuk, they've got all those running backs that Dennis mentioned. I, I think that he's going to end up being fine. Matt, on the Chicago Bears side of things, I mean, it's Mooney and Montgomery is is who you know you're setting in your lineup. Is there anybody else you're willing to take a chance on? I think depending on the size of your league, Fields uh, is a low in QB2 option for me. But um, the one that's more interesting to me is Cole Komet, um, who I think has a chance to turn in a pretty decent game. We've talked about tight end, you know, from 6 to 18 being pretty variable. I think he's smack in that role. Here's my Cole Komet imitation. That's me dropping the ball. I mean, this said the same thing about um... – Oh man, who was it? Now I can't remember. All he did was drop the ball, and then I mean, he looked better last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I make fun of Amari Brickhands all the time. Dude ends up putting up good seasons. So, and now he's on they your team. Congratulations! Nobody, yeah, I know. They got nobody else to throw the ball to. I, I would. Uh, I think unless you punted tight end, you probably have a better option. But if you did, you might as well throw him out there because he's always got his Mooney and commit. I'm, I'm, I'm in on Fields though. I, I say. 
Maybe I'm just too high in on fields. I just can't quit them at this point. I don't know. It is what it is. I actually think this has a chance to be a good game. I Fields really started to look good at the end of preseason, man. He was getting it dialed in. I, I think had, he's he had weapons. Here. I really do. I can't remember who I picked for this game when we did our record stuff. I'm going to take the 49ers since I have them winning the division, uh, but not by much. So it'll be a close game. Niners for me as well. Oh, ye of little faith. I am taking the Chicago Bears. Oh, it's not little faith. Justin Fields, 300 yards passing. 300. You heard it here first. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. This is a game I will pay little attention to. How does Mitch Trubisky fare in his first game, Dennis? I think Trubisky's going to be fine. He's got some good weapons with, with Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, George Pickens, Chase Claypool, and Najee Harris. Uh, And then he has an element to his game that Ben Roethlisberger didn't, and that's mobility. So while they didn't improve the offensive line a lot, it is better. I think Trubisky is going to be fine. I think he's their plan is to have him start this year. At some point, we might get to see Pickett. um, But if – Trubisky performs reasonably good. He's going to be there for the whole season because I think, uh, you, you know, old coaches and and while Tomlin's fairly young for coaches, he's been coaching a long time. And so I qualify him as an old coach, tend to want to go with the veteran because they think it gives them the best chance to win games. Um, I think Trubisky will have a pretty good game. If he's smart, he'll target Eli Apple. Uh but he's got three good receivers that can all make plays in Claypool, Pickens, and uh, Deontay Johnson. So I'm I'm not concerned about him. Uh, you know, he's probably not going to be a top twelve, but I I would be okay giving him uh, you know a spot at the bottom of my superflex starting lineup. Yeah, I'm in QB three range, but. Um... I think the thing about whether it's a successful start for him in terms of NFL comes down to two things. His offensive line, if it's good enough to help keep him upright and help them have a productive running game, and his defense. If the defense can hold Cincinnati down a little bit, that's great. If this turns out into shootout territory, I think that's going to be problematic. You forgot the other element of Mitch Trubisky's game that Ben Roethlis- that he has different than Ben Roethlisberger, and that's inaccuracy. And I don't know if that's going to help him much against a very good Cincinnati Bengals defense this weekend. What is interesting, though, was going back and charting a bunch of uh, quarterback plays throughout their college career. Mitch Trubisky was actually, actually fairly good passing the ball deep in 20-plus yard throws and anything over like 10 to 19 yards. It was it's very intriguing that he was so good at that in college and has just kind of failed to do that in the NFL. I'm not expecting a massive game from him. I really think Cincinnati at home, you know, after after Super Bowl loss, the season that they had, I think they're going to come out with their, with their hair on fire. I think it's going to be a really good game for the Bengals which likely means, Matt, that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon all have big games. T. Higgins, we know you're starting them. What about Tyler Boyd or Hayden Hurst? Are they making their way into your lineups? I'm not looking at Hurst this week, but we've seen Tyler Boyd. How dare you? (coughs) We've seen. (laughs) You can look at Hurst. We'll split split the mats. Each one will take a different. Um, Tyler Boyd 
was better than you remember from last year, and it's because especially when you get in these games where teams are going to focus on Joe Mixon and focus on the big outside receivers in Chase and Higgins, that provides some opportunity. And I think there's some sneaky opportunity, especially in deeper leagues, to play him at a flex and get some value. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of my favorite sports podcasts using Raycon's Wireless 3 Airbuds. Raycon's Everyday Airbuds look, feel, and sound better. Better than ever, actually. With optimized gel tips and a perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge whenever you're moving around. Trust me, I work on a job that requires me to move 24-7. They're never falling out of my ear, which I appreciate. Not only that, but Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons are priced just right to get the quality audio at half the price. Other premium audio brands... Charge you a lot. And no, it's no wonder why Raycon's Everyday Airbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. My favorite things about them, the earbud tap function. When I'm sitting there talking to somebody and didn't realize that my podcast is still going, I can quickly just tap the button to stop what I'm doing. Noise isolation as well is incredible for me. I get to some loud environment sometimes and I'm able to actually just listen and hear just what I want to which is my sports stuff they're telling me what I need to know to continue moving about my day I use them all the time whether I'm working out working or honestly just sitting at home and listening to sports podcasts sometimes some music to get in the mood I'm not gonna lie to you guys a little bit of Harry Styles it's not the same as it was. It gets me going. I love that kind of music. It puts me in a working kind of atmosphere at home when I'm working on everything for the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com slash TPPN. PN, some of the best headphones that I have used. You go get them today. They're worth it, guys. Go get them. Any thoughts, Dennis? Nah, I, I think you guys covered it pretty good. Yeah, I am starting Hurst. I think sneaky Joe Burrow targeted CJ Uzoma a lot. So maybe it, it, look, go back a couple years, listen to this podcast, and listen to my fights with Hayden Hurst. It was not great. So, but I'm I'm um, I'm in on him this week. I'm taking the Bengals though to beat the Steelers pretty easily. Same. As Next up, the oh my bad, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at Dennis's Detroit Lions. Dennis, which Eagles running back do you think will be the better bet this week, Miles Sanders or Kenneth Gainwell? I think they're both going to be serviceable flex options. Uh, I think Sanders is going to be the one that uh, scores the touchdown. Um, I, I like Sanders. I, I know he came out earlier in the off season and. Unlike Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders hates fantasy football. Um, you know, God bless him, but hey, we're still going to draft you and put you on teams, buddy. Um, I, I, you know, Sanders has looked good, and he's hit the perception of his 2021 season would be very different if he had scored just four touchdowns. It, it would be a lot different, but you know, he got shut out. He missed some games. He's got to show he can stay healthy all season long. But, but I like what Sanders brings to the table. He's a tough runner. He's athletic. He's got good speed. If he can get 240 carries, I think then he gets also maybe 30 catches in, with that kind of volume. I think Gainwell's proven he can catch the ball pretty well. 
He's got a nose for the end zone too. So I like them as a one-two punch. I give the edge to Sanders. I'm hoping it's Sanders because he's starting in Scott Fishbowl, but I have a fear it's going to be Gainwell. Either way, I'm kind of leery of playing anyone in this backfield for a couple of weeks until we can see the split. Yeah, I, if you could avoid him, I would. But I, I'm also leaning Sanders. I just think he's the better player. Um, you know, I I know I'll give him props. At least he came out and told us the truth. He's like, hey, look, like it's gonna be a committee. Most running backs are like, nah, I'm getting the ball. So I appreciate him saying that. But I think he's going to um, be at least somewhat decent here against this Lions defense. Dennis, how are we feeling right now about the Lions passing attack? Are you expecting another big day for Amon Ross St. Brown? Well, he's definitely the top dog there until DJ Chark can show he's earning targets. You know, Chark had a great year about three years ago, and he hasn't been able to put it together since, um, mostly because of injuries. And so he brings an element of size and speed to the Lions offense that they haven't had in a long time. You know, Galladay had size, but he didn't have speed. They've, they've had some other small guys that are pretty fast. I think Chark really provides that combination of those two things. That's going to be pretty good for golf. Now golf doesn't have a cannon for an arm, but he's playing behind a pretty good offensive line. Um, as long as they stay healthy, he's going to be able to have time to make plays. I like Amon Ross St. Brown a lot. I think he's going to comfortably lead the wide receivers and targets. But DJ Chark, I could see him if he stays healthy all season and the Lions meet expectations. Uh, I could see Chark squeezing up close to wide receiver three. I'm excited to see Amon Ross St. Brown, but I'm not thinking this is going to be a super high scoring game. The Eagles have a good defense, especially their secondary, which they've worked on improving. Uh, hopefully, we get to see a heavy dose of some DeAndre Swift magic. Yeah, I'm fading everybody but Smith if I can. I mean, the the thing with Amon Ra, while he had an amazing year last year, I do expect him to repeat that over the course of the season. He's likely getting locked up against Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That's going to be tough for him. And then Darius Slay is likely getting DJ Chark on the outside. Now, Slay has struggled here and there, but when he's been fully healthy, he's been pretty good. I, I'm not sure this is going to be a great day for golf in that passing attack. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles. I, I picked them to go all the way to, to the NFC Championship this year. I'm all in. Yeah, I've got the Eagles in this game as well. I believe in the Lions. I'm taking them. Hey, I'm pretty sure only one of us put them in the playoffs. Thank you very much. So, Well. It wasn't you. It was a mat on this show. You, you keep talking about how you believe in these teams. I mean, you ain't picking them. Well, I, I mean, I, the Eagles I have going to the NC Championship, I believe in them just so as do I right now. But that's still picking the Lions. The New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, as my good friend Ray Garvin would say, this I think is going to be a wet fart of a game. I am not <laughs> looking forward to this game at all. I will avoid Ooh. this at all costs. But anyways, we do have to talk about it. So will Matt Patricia. Yeah. Matt, is there any Patriot you feel confident starting this week? Absolutely not. You know, what's confident? Is it, you know, a They're 10 in of your 10? Lineup, I guess, no. Is, is it this a point. 6 of 10? I, I feel, you know, I'm good with Damian Harris in a flex spot. I, I no. think that, you know, and when push comes to shove, I, I think I'd put him in as my RB2 over some guys as well. 
I think Harris is going to be the anchor of the running game there. And, and between Judge and Patricia, they're probably going to end up giving Kevin Harris, who I think isn't even on the team anymore, you know, the most carries of anybody this season. But I, I like Damian Harris, and he's shown he can catch the ball. Stevenson has shown he can catch the ball. You know, we don't have the luxury of waiting three weeks to see how teams are going to use their backs. So we kind of have to guess. And Harris has been the guy there for a couple of years now. And until they show us differently, I think you have to put him in your lineup week one as the guy there. Yeah, I actually feel confident starting both of the running backs in Harris and Stevenson. I think they both can bring you – if you moderate your expectations a little bit, none of us here think they're going to be RB1s, but could both of them get you 10 to 12 points? I actually think so. Harris was doing that just with rushing yards. If Stevenson does get some receiving work and possibly a touchdown, I think both have a chance to come through for you. I don't expect this to be a high-volume passing game, but we'll see. I mean, we, we literally have no idea what this offense is going to look like because they don't, in my opinion, have a real offensive coordinator for the Patriots. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting them to lean on the run game. We know that Miami completely redid this offense, though, Dennis. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? We, you know you're, you're starting Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, regardless. But what about Mike Gusecki, who did have a pretty good season in this offense last year? I, I'm kind of out on Gusecki. The, the – you know, Mike McDaniel has basically said, dude's going to need to learn how to block if he wants to be on the field. And we all know that that's not Gasecki's strong point. Uh, I think that Gasecki's biggest hope for kind of staying in the area where he's been historically for fantasy is he needs wide receivers to get hurt so that McDaniel says, well, I've got to use you out there now. Um, and I don't know if that's going to happen. I like Tyreek Hill a lot. I like Jalen Waddle a lot. See, where do I have? I see I have Hill at seven and Waddle at 16 this week. Uh, I think this is going to be, you know, a coin flip every week. Who do you put over each other? For the season, I think I have, uh, if I remember correctly, I had uh, them both outside of wide receiver one territory. I had them at like 14 and 15 or something like that. Um, but this week, you know, I'm going to fire both of them up, expect a wide receiver one out of Hill and a wide receiver two out of Waddle, and uh, let it go from there. Not expecting Gesicki. Yeah, Gesicki, I had him ranked as a, as a tight end too, but I'm not even confident of that. Last year, the Miami Dolphins beat the Patriots twice, once 17-16 and once 33-17. to In those two games combined, Mike Gesicki saw six targets, caught two passes for 22 yards. Even in times when they were winning before they had Tyreek Hill, the Patriots nullified Gesicki. I don't see it any differently. Yeah, I, I think the only way it works out for you is if Bill goes in and says, I'm completely taking Tyreek Hill away, and they have to rely on Gasecki and Waddle. But I don't think this is going to be a high-volume passing offense, and I don't expect that to happen against the Patriots here. I mean, Again, McDaniels comes from a tree that values a high running per, uh, percentage. They're going to run the ball a lot. I, I do think it's going to be a lot more on those running backs, and I honestly don't feel comfortable starting any of them. It'd probably be the Edmonds for me but I, I don't love any of them taking the Dolphins, but I don't feel great about it. I really think New England could win this game. 
I mean, anybody could win any given Sunday. That's why they made the movie. I'm taking the Dolphins, movie, too. But... It was a horrendous movie. I'm taking the Dolphins. I was trying to remember what that song was again so I could recite it, but now I don't remember. My name is Willie. Willie Beam, and that's what it was. <laughs> Anyways. Baltimore at the New York Jets. Another game that I do not expect to be very good. Dennis, what do we expect from J.K. Dobbins here in week one? Uh, week one's going to be a slow start, I think. Uh, I don't think you signed Mike Davis and uh, Kenyon Drake uh, when, you, when your star running back's coming off an injury. Uh, I like Dobbins for the season. I think the second half of the season, he, he puts up some great numbers. But they're definitely sending all the signals to say, "Yeah, we're going to ease him in." Uh, he could get, he could have a Cam Akers three carry kind of game this this week, just to you know make sure how it's going. And if the other guys are producing, there there's no need to to rush him in there. And you know Lamar's playing for uh, a contract, and so he wants to put up some big numbers. Wouldn't surprise me to see a. Who are they playing? Uh, I could see a three three to four touchdown game out of Lamar. Three passing, one rushing kind of day. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good day for Baltimore overall. I do agree they're going to ease Dobbins in, but I think that's more of snap count uh, limit. And we've seen he doesn't need a ton of carries to be able to do some good things. I still think he ends up in RB2 territory. Interesting. I think I'm fading him if I can. I mean, if you have to play him, you have to. I know I have a team that – I've had him as my main guy, and uh, he's in my lineup this week hoping for the best. But I do think they have their eyes set on trying to get back to the playoffs in the Super Bowl, so I think they will ease him in. This is not a game they are likely are going to need a ton out of him. So I do think that they will try to ease him in a little bit. But as Matt just mentioned, maybe they do just kind of focus on the snap count part of it. Maybe he gets the snaps in the red zone. If he falls into the end zone for two touchdowns and only gets seven carries, that will end up working for you. You'll take more points. Matt, are we buying into the revenge game narrative here for Joe Flacco, who is starting for the New York Jets? Negative. But it still could end up being a decent day for one or two of these pass catchers because the Ravens' secondary struggled mightily last year, and I don't know if they've done enough to fix it. Yeah, um, I'm not hoping for Brees Hall, but then I saw a story today that Michael Carter is the heartbeat of that offense. So avoiding everybody if I can. I'm taking the Ravens to win. As am I. As am I. The Jacksonville Jaguars are heading up to Washington to face the Washington Commanders. James Robinson, Dennis, is a full go. What do you imagine this split is going to be between him and Travis Etienne? Uh, didn't we just see this coming off Achilles uh, running back stuff? Is, is This is like a rerun. I, I feel like, I, I don't know, if, if I was go going to expect one of – Akers or Robinson to bounce back well off of a torn Achilles, I would probably have predicted Akers. Um, I don't think Robinson is going to be super productive. It, it feels like if, if he gets 12 carries, uh, I'm going to be happy with 25 yards kind of game. I, I think that despite his the flaws in ETN's running game, he's going to carry the load this week. He's going to probably – have 15 carries and six or eight targets. Um, I know that 
or I, I feel that uh, Trevor Lawrence wants to come out, have a good game, do some show that he was worthy of the hype last year. And I think Travis Etienne wants to show that, uh, you know, it, it, they didn't, maybe they thought they wanted Kadarius Tony, but I'm going to show them that I'm the guy they really wanted, even if it's new leadership here. Football fans, so the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. I'm with Dennis. I think ETN finishes higher. I don't think either of them finish inside the top 30. Washington's defense last year was top 10 in rushing yards and yards per carry. Yeah, I think it's likely going to be closer to like a 65-35 split in ETN's favor. But I would actually go the opposite way of Dennis. I just think James Robinson's actually a better running back than Cam Akers. Just vision, everything that he does, he's better at. I would think he's got a better chance of producing this year over Akers does. Matt, aside from Terry McLaurin, is there any I'm, I'm any wide receiver for the commanders that you want? No, no, I'm not starting any other receivers or tight ends. We need to see how bounced back Thomas is from injury, and we need to see what the split is for Samuel and Dotson in that offense before I'm throwing them out there. Yeah, yeah that, I agree. That's, it's going to be a wild mess right now till you know we see what Carson Wentz does. Yeah, I think the only player I feel comfortable <laughs> okay. all starting is McLaurin because yeah. yeah, I'm taking. Well, with Robinson out, Gibson's not a bad play this week. I mean, dude was covering punts for like all preseason. I, don't I know, know, but he um, went out and shot a man to ensure that he could start. On the you end. know, allegedly, we can't make those kinds of allegations here. I I don't know what to think about Gibson. I really don't. I will. I'm actually going to take the Jags. I think Trevor Lawrence gets the upset week one. Jags for me, too. I'm taking the Commanders. Just, just I don't want to talk about this game. But either I'm going to end up way ahead of you guys, or I'm going to be so far in the hole I won't even be able to see you at the end of this week. That's all right. It's only one week. The Cleveland Browns are heading to Carolina to play the pan- the Fighting. Not the, I'm sorry, not the Panthers. I misspoke. I forgot they got renamed the Fighting Carolina Baker Mayfields. Dennis, what do you think about Chubb? Is there any other Brown you are willing to put in your lineup this week? Besides Nick Chubb? Uh, well, I like David Njoku. We know Brissett likes to target the tight ends. Uh, as of right now, we're waiting to see uh, who's going to be the wide receiver, too, that steps up in Cleveland. You know, it's it's really Chubb and Hunt running the ball. And a lot of it's going to come down to what's the score. If 
Stefanski gets even a four-point lead, he's going to play conservative. Now, that doesn't mean that Nick Chubb gets 30 carries, as we've seen in the past, but I do feel like Nick Chubb is going to get plenty of opportunities um, to salt this game away. And we've seen it in the past that it only takes a, a small crease for Chubb, despite his big size at 230 pounds. He's when he gets a crease, he's gone. And there's not a lot of people in the NFL that can catch him. So I, I'm comfortable starting Chubb. I, I'm comfortable starting in Joku. Uh, and, and Amari, I mean, somebody's got to be the wide receiver one. And we've seen Amari Cooper do that um, over the years. He, he's been the guy, you know, he, he has games where he disappears. Um, but I feel like he'll get the, he'll, he'll lead the team in targets, uh, at least the wide receiver group in targets. So, you know, if I was starting him in my wide receiver three spot, I'd probably feel okay. But, you know, I'm not, the, the hard thing is we're not expecting, I don't think we're expecting a lot of points out of this game. Uh, anybody look at the over under on it? I, I, I haven't had a chance to. to <laughs> Cleveland is still favored, which uh, yeah. made me laugh. So it's, it's that defense, I think. Yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be the defense and, and running the ball that sets up everything else. So I, you know, I'm not. I, I think most of the guys you're starting outside of Chubb, you're starting in a flex area. Yeah, Cooper would be a flex consideration for me, and I actually like Njoku as a potential low-end tight end one. Yeah, I'm in on Njoku as well. He made uh, Jack Doyle a a thing there in Carolina. I'm I'm sorry, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Uh, I think David Njoku is a much better tight end than Jack Doyle. I think he could be in for a good game here. Uh, And then it's Nick Chubb. I'm not playing Hunt, and I'm not definitely not touching anybody else in this receiving game. On the Panthers' side here, Matt, what do you expect from Baker Mayfield? Well, he said he was going to F up the Browns, and I believe him. So do I. I'm just going to say it. I'm picking him to win. So, As am I. Picking the I'm Panthers. Picking the Browns. I think the Browns' defense is – you know, Miles Garrett wants to – you know, he's going to steal Baker Mayfield's lunch money. He will a couple times, and then there's a couple times that Baker's going to get his. I, I think it's going to be a big game. The Indianapolis Colts head to the Houston Texans. Matt, any receivers outside of Pittman that spark your interest for the Colts? No, it's a lot like the Commanders. I would like to see them play and see what we can get from Pierce. And God save us if Paris Campbell can stay on the field for more than a down. I almost wish that Paris Campbell would just be over because I think if they put Ashton Doolin in the slot, he he would he would you know be like all these other guys we've seen perform Jarvis Landry and, 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 and Jamison Crowder and Cole Beasley. I think if Doolin was there regularly, he could put up, you know, a 70 catch 850 yard kind of season. Yeah. For, for me, I, I need to see it play out. I do think Alec Pierce is going to have a good season. We talked about that when we did the Colts preview show, but right now the only one I feel comfortable playing is Pittman because I expect him to see a lion's share of the targets. On the Houston Texans side here, we know you're starting Brandon Cooks, but the more interesting battle 
is the 1A slash 1AA running back competition here between Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead. Dennis, are you willing to start both of them if you have them rostered on, on your team? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, they've been, everything the Texans have done has said, we're going to give this rookie the ball and we're going to go as far as he'll carry us this year. And if it falls apart, we'll deal with it then. So I think they're going to let Pierce have 15 to 20 carries a game. And Rex Burkhead is going to be the receiving back. And he's as when he's been healthy, he's done a good job of that. He's been surprisingly effective at times. So I could see Pierce with 17 carries and Burkhead with nine targets. Uh, what they do with him, I think, is going to be another story, depending on how well that offensive line gels. You know, we know Laramie Tunsil is a stud, and they've tried to put some other pieces together. But then, you know, they brought in, to go with Brandon Cooks, you know, they've, they've got Nico Collins, who they're we're waiting to see is he going to take a step this year. They brought in Tyler Johnson, who uh, members of this show have thought very highly of. And now it's it's time for them to kind of start to grow and, and develop as a team because the guys that are still there are, for lack of a better term, Nick Casario guys. And so let, let's see what happens. Uh, but I, 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 I think I'm comfortable starting Pierce as a two and Burkhead in the flex. I think I'd be comfortable with either as a flex option. I'm not sure. Pierce ends up getting top 24. Yeah, both would be flexes for me. I, I want to see this play out be, mostly because I, I mean, if, if you guys, uh, if you guys saw our show Wednesday, uh, you know, I do not have the Texans finishing very well. I don't think this is going to be a good offense. In fact, I don't even think they're going to be in this game. I'm taking the Colts easily here. Yeah, Colts for me. I, I think really it comes down to. When do they put Deion Jackson in for the Colts? After Jonathan Taylor racks up his average of 120-plus yards on the Houston Texans, which he's done every time he's played. So second quarter then? Probably, well, yeah. Shaq Leonard got ruled out, so the Texans may actually be able to keep it a little bit closer, but I am still taking the Colts. If they lose this game, all of our thoughts about the team is, is going out the window. And prayers to Tony if they lose this game. The <laughs> New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans. Dennis, will Daniel Jones in the passing game take a step forward with Dayball and Mike Kafka? Yes, question mark. Uh, I, you know, we've seen Dayball during this most recent incarnation of his career be good at developing quarterbacks. It could be that just Josh Allen is a good quarterback that had some bad habits that affected his accuracy and everything else was just him. Dayball just fixed the accuracy thing. Um, it, you know, Daniel, Dan, Danny Jones's issues have always been turnovers. He's fumbles the ball a lot and he throws a lot of interceptions. Um, I think we've got a ways to go to see what, wide receivers are going to bail him out. Um, you know, they're starting a rookie tight end and, you know, historically rookie tight ends take two to three years to, to develop, but Bellinger's getting thrown in there. So they're going to lean on Saquon Barkley a lot, but Jones has, he's got mobility. He's got a good arm. 
He's made plays in the past, but he's also made bonehead plays. And the Giants have invested some draft capital the last couple of years in offensive linemen and, and free agent money. So it may work out. It He may have a career year. I don't think he's going to have a Josh Allen year, but he could have the best year of his career. So, you know, Jones, is he's going to be a wild card this year. He, he's got a lot to prove. I think they will have a decent game this week, if only because the Titans' defense is not very good, and I they do suck. not think they fixed that. Yet. What about the Titans' side here, Matt? Does Robert Woods – or how do you feel about Robert Woods? Are you trusting anybody else in this passing game? Uh, you know, I'm not daring to roll out uh, Burks. He he seems to be pretty – he may be even wide receiver four because Kyle Phillips was getting a lot of buzz, and Westbrook Kikini seems to be wide receiver two. I'm really not starting them. Woods is not on the injury report. I think that's a good sign. We've seen him be a very productive receiver for a couple of different teams. I think he's flex-worthy. I don't know why, but I've got a good feeling about Burts. I think he's going to score this week. I just that – that secondary sucks for the Giants. I think I think Burks is going to have himself – Both secondaries suck. It's going to yeah. be a Saquon and Derrick Henry game still. Probably, right. and I'm taking the Titans to win it. Titans for uh, – who did I oh, – Yeah, I took the Titans. Titans. The Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Matt, which Packers receiver steps up here in week one? Yeah, so we were all in on Alan Lazard, and he went and jacked his ankle. He is officially doubtful, but most people do not believe he's going to play. It's all bullet throws. Part of me wanted to say Randall Cobb, but I'm going out on limb. I'm saying it's a Romeo Dubs game. Amari Rogers, buddy. Amari Rogers. <laughs> Nice, Aaron Jones. That's that's who I, I'm betting on. I mean, it's it's a spin the draft board, spin spin the dartboard, and throw a dart is what that receiver core is. If you're if you're starting anybody that's a receiver for the Packers this week, it's because you're you've obviously uh, you're tanking and you're trying to get a better draft pick in your dynasty league next year. Honestly, the receiving core for the Packers this week is like Aaron Rodgers' little black book. It's a whole bunch of names he doesn't want to have to see again. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be bad for him, unfortunately. What do we think about Irv Smith here this week, Dennis? You know, I was in on Irv last year before he got injured. And, you know, Higby got 85 targets last year with the <laughs> – Rams, and then they brought in the Rams offensive coordinator. Uh, and but when you look at it, the the Rams only threw the ball like six more times than the Vikings did last year. So there, there's a lot of people going, "Oh, there's going to be a big passing game surge in Minnesota." And I'm starting to think that maybe not a big passing game surge. The big the big issue was. Uh, Stafford threw seven more touchdowns than uh, Cousins, and he threw for about 400 more yards. So there were some big plays. I think Jefferson brings that uh, ability. You know, Jefferson was recently talking to the, the media and said, you know, I used to wonder how Cooper Cup was always so open. Now I know. <clears throat> but I, I think there's just too many other weapons in Minnesota for Irv Smith to consistently uh, 
perform that high. Thielen is still Adam Thielen. He's a great red zone threat, and he's still a really good wide receiver. K.J. Osborne showed that he belongs. I don't think that I'm expecting much out of uh, uh, Jalen Rager. But Dalvin Cook is a good pass catcher, and he's good at running the ball. Uh, if they get up, they're, you know, they're not going to keep throwing the ball if they get up on the Packers. They're, they're going to try to grind the clock out, clock out with uh, uh, Dalvin Cook. So I'm probably out on Smith this week. I think he's probably at best, you know, a mid to low tight end too. I'm out on year 95 of the Irv Smith breakout until we see something. Same, just JJ and Osborne for me. I'm taking the Packers. I know the wide receiver core is is duty, but I'm I believe in Aaron Rodgers and, and Aaron Jones. I'm going Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings as well. All right. Next up, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs heading to the Arizona Cardinals. Dennis, what do we expect from the Chiefs' backfield? Any faith in Ceh? Well, it's put up or shut up time for Ceh. That's for damn sure. Um, is it I, – I don't know. I want to expect that he's going to lead the team in running back touches, that he's going to get a good amount of passing volume from the running back position because that's one of the things he's really good at. But for whatever reason, Andy Reid decided he was going to make him a short yardage, short yardage banger in game one of his career – and he failed, and it's been kind of downhill ever since for, for CEH. Um, I, I think he's going to be okay. I I think he's going to be in a timeshare, though. They like Jarek McKinnon. Um, Pacheco performed well. Pacheco's a rookie, though, so I'm not I, – I don't think I'm going to put a whole lot of faith in him getting the ball a lot. You know, Ronald Jones is there. I think Jones is there. Um to get touchdowns when they get in close. You know, he's not there to catch the ball. That's for dang sure. Um, but I think he's got the size that the other running backs lack. Um, but I think CEH, let's say 14 touches, 69 yards. Nice. Yeah, I'll give him a touchdown. I think he will lead in touches. I still don't think he'll crack the top 30. Same. I'm, I'm out on everybody in this running backfield. Matt, what do you expect from Marquise Hollywood Brown, though, in his Cardinals debut with Kyler Murray? No DeAndre, no Rondale Moore. Zach Ertz is injured, and A.J. Green is a fossil. I think uh, Hollywood Brown's going to be their primary option. I think it's going to be a decent game for him. I have him top 24. All in. Talked about it during the Cardinals thing. Kyler Murray, one of the most efficient and accurate deep ball throwers in the NFL. That being said, I'm still taking the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs for me as well. I am taking the Cardinals. The Las Vegas Raiders head to Los Angeles uh, to, I don't know why I was going to say fight, play the Chargers. It is the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> what do we expect from this backfield in week one? I think we're going to see Abdullah get some uh, passing game work, but I still think they're going to ride Josh Jacobs as a primary back. I've kind of went out and in teams where I'm weak at running back, Abdullah has been one of my targets. I, I feel like it's, you know, for whatever reason, 
Groot, first Gruden, and and now um, McDaniel. They don't want to give Josh Jacobs three down work. So I could see Abdullah catching 50 passes this year. Yeah, I, I still think I'm starting Jacobs over over anybody there. For the Chargers side here, Dennis, how do we feel about Gerald Everett? Is he worth the start at tight end? Uh, th- this week he might be, uh, you know, because Parham has been injured and he's really the the other guy that takes touches away there. But he's he's only he he's going to be behind Eckler, Williams, Allen, and Palmer. So if you're starting him, it's because you're just it's a dart throw, and you're you're hoping that uh, he gets a couple opportunities to uh, express his athleticism and maybe get into the end zone. Uh, I wouldn't expect much in the way of a top 24 uh, game. I'm not as high on Palmer as you guys are. And I think Gerald, I've been coming more and more around on Gerald Everett. I think he could push uh, toward tight end one numbers. I know you've been high on him too. So I actually do think it's a good start. I think that this is going to be one of the more up-tempo games of the week. Yeah. He he was a tight end. I, I have very high, um, I'm taking the Chargers, and unlike Stephen A. Smith, I think that the Chargers not only outscore the Raiders, but they beat the Raiders outscoring them. I'm not sure how you can outscore a team and then lose to them. So, Well, it is Stephen A. I'm also taking the Chargers. Dennis, Chargers? I, I thought I said Chargers first. Maybe not. Maybe I just thought it. I do that as my wife. And one of the games that I think is going to be extremely interesting, the Sunday night game where we get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Matt Fox's Dallas Cowboys. Dennis, will Rashad I wish I White... owned the Cowboys. I'd be so wealthy. You would be. And hopefully you would share some of that wealth with us, which would be much appreciated. Will Rashad White have any week or will he have weekly fantasy value this week, Dennis? Uh, I'm going to lean no. I, I think that uh, he may get in there for a few plays, but I think it's, it's a Leonard Fournette's backfield and you can talk all you want about, Oh, we, we want to lighten the load on him. When push comes to shove, you know, you're putting on your favorite jeans and your favorite shoes before you take that hike up the mountain. And Lenny is those jeans and shoes and probably a big old coat as well. You know, I think with the issues they've had with their offensive line right up the middle, I could see White coming in as the kind of change of pace guy and getting some targets and things uh, because he might be a little quicker than Lenny. I think he'll he'll play some, but I don't think he has any fantasy value, at least this week. I do think it's going to be Leonard Fournette. Matt, aside from Lamb and Schultz, any receiving option you have interest in on the Cowboys? My deep league dart throw is no brown. Good luck. OH. I will not give you an IO. He was horrible there. He was horrible in the NFL. He's been in the NFL like eight years, man. Yeah. And he's been decent at times for the Cowboys. He's got like 10 more fantasy points than I do, and I have not been in the NFL. So I'm taking the Buccaneers to win the game. That's all I got. I have the Buccaneers as well. Dallas, I don't know how to quit you. The Monday night football game, Matt's other team, the Denver Broncos, head to Seattle. What a horrible game to put on Monday night. But here we are. No, no, Matt, no. what do you expect from the backfield split here for the Broncos? I would like it to be 
90 and fuck off, but I think it's going to be closer to 60-40 for Javante. I still think he's going to have a great game, but you could probably start both of them. So I'm not sure 90 plus fuck off gets to 100, so you should probably just well, say Well, Mike Boone can have the other 10. Okay, there, that's a good point. Good point. I forgot about that. No, I, I agree with Matt. I think you're looking at a 60-40 split. I think Javante... Gordon has come out and said they want Javante to be the guy. He understands that. He's going to do his part and play hard when he's in there, which means he's going to be productive because historically he's been fairly productive. Uh, But he doesn't have the pop and circumstance that uh, uh, Javante Williams does. You know, he's explosive. He brings big plays. And when he gets the opportunity to get the volume, I think he's going to deliver. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I really hope Melvin Gordon does something this week because in one of my high-end best ball, high-end buy, high buy-end best ball leagues, I've lost a lot of players like Tim Patrick and Alan Lazard. I'm kind of counting on Melvin Gordon this week to do something for me until Alan Lazard comes back. It's not looking pretty on my roster right now. Uh, on Seattle side here, Dennis, um, are we – you're starting Lockett and Metcalf, right? You can't sit them. I'm definitely starting Metcalf, and I'm probably starting Lockett. I mean, unless I'm in a, you know, a really short league where it's, you know, eight teams, which I, I'm not in any of those, um, and have better options, I'm probably not starting Lockett. But uh, in most in most 12-team, three-wide receiver one flex or two, two flex, uh, two wide receiver, two flex. You're pretty much starting Lockett as well. Um, he's go- he's going to be on that bottom and flex range. But by and large, I mean somebody's got to catch the ball. They're going to they're still going to throw the ball in Seattle, and I think DK Metcalf is the beneficiary of that this year. Except for that, Metcalf's probably going to get Patrick Sertan. And his quarterback is Geno Smith. I, you're probably starting Metcalf because all he needs is one big play. I actually have Lockett in a few places, and I dropped him to my bench. Um, Denver has a fairly decent secondary. And again, Geno Smith. I think the probably better play is Rashad Penny. Yeah, I, th- I think you have to start Metcalf. Because, I, what, what, I mean... It does just take one play. All it takes is for him to make one missed tackle or just get deep on one play. He gets you there. But outside of him, I'm not starting it. I don't think this is going to – I don't know why they made this to Monday Night Football game. I guess it's because Russell Wilson's going back to Seattle. I expect him to – Because nobody believed show... Pete Carroll actually was going to run with Geno and Drew Locke all the way to the I, I, I really think he's about to show Mr. Uh, Mr. Pete Carroll what he missed out on by not letting him pass the ball for all those years that he was up. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I'm taking the Broncos. So am I. I am also taking the Broncos. All right. So that will do it for us today. We will be back on Monday. Matt and Dennis recapping the games. Good luck to everybody here in week one, especially if you went up against Josh Allen and Cooper Cup like I did in a couple places. It's not going to be pretty this weekend. But, hey, it's only week one. It's okay if you lose or lose the next seven straight. It, it is what it is. We do this for fun, right? But, May the fantasy gods bless your guys' teams this week. And before we get out of here, Dennis, what does everybody need to do? Please go out, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you subscribe as well. Good luck, everybody.
Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!